Hello and welcome to Now That's What I Call Radio. This is uh, episode 19. Almost the the two-digit midget. No, we're already two-digit midget. No, no, no. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, okay, two-digit 20 midget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there there's are nothing... tiers of midgets? <laughs> well, now there is. <laughs> there aren't tiers of midgets? We're trying to roll with Aaron now. I mean, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Turning 20... It's a uh, in in uh, how was turning twenty, Logan? I mean, you you tell Turn, us about it. I mean, twenty was a tumultuous year. It was really the year that I decided to get my life together, uh, which for me meant recovering from a severe alcohol problem that I that made I up made in my, up head. In my head. That wasn't that, wasn't that bad. bad. Oh. And uh, quitting video games and Reddit, and I've never looked back since. Although many people on the show have argued that Reddit has permanently infested my personality. To which I can no longer divorce it. Yeah, I mean, you notoriously uh, podcast at people all the time, and that has everything to do with Reddit. It does. I mean, Reddit and 4chan taught me that there is a market for people shouting unsolicited opinions at each other. <laughs> and I really, I vibed with that. <laughs> okay, re- let's just talk about that for a half second. Reddit really is noisy. It is. Like, People on Reddit are obnoxious. It's like, who has time to sit around and just express their opinions so vocally all the time? Um, Fantano does. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> That's. Hey, he just uh, he he asked who <laughs> has time to express their opinions so vocally, and I answered. Okay. Yeah, but Anthony Fantano actually, despite being pretty pretentious. Pretty pretentious is is pretty. Uh, you know he doesn't try to hide it though. That's the that's the problem, and I think that's actually part of the definition of being pretentious is that you think you're great, but it's a self declared title. Mm. That's pretentious, and and I don't think he really does that too bad. So I don't know. I I, I think you got to watch your pedestal on that one. I uh, I think. Save- Save the call-outs for Conan. Uh, well, the the difference between Fantano and, say, like, a Reddit user that happens to write a friggin' blog post in the comments of something nobody asked for is that Fantano has slowly and consistently built clout with the internet by showing that you can trust him, that you can trust him to give a good explanation of why he does or doesn't like something. When that random Reddit user writes the friggin' blog post, the story of their life in a news article, they have no clout with me. They have no respect. They, they just assume that they can hold my attention if they type enough words and gain enough orange arrows. Yeah. Valid. That That is pretty valid, Honestly, actually, valid. But on, on, on different Reddits, you know, you, it doesn't have to be an arrow. It can be cool custom icons. I don't want to talk about the CSS of Reddit, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, we better jump on this conversation before it, it swallows us. Because it will swallow it us. It will swallow us. So I'm just going to smash yeah. that pedal. Yeah, let's move. Aaron, if I'm if I'm not totally crazy, you're starting to kind of put some structure on this show, aren't you? Hey, we used I, to be chaotic with the foot pedals. I know my buttons. We need more guests. You know, Corona <laughs> needs to stop so we can get people here to scramble the show. Corona brought structure to Nitwick. Hey, you know what, though? Has there been a bigger tragedy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's the deal, though, okay? Like, 
I mean, we came, the, the name of the episode is the album. I figure we better start with the album. I Fair agree. enough. That way Reddit will be nice to us. So I uh, picked the album this week. We got uh, Any Man in America, Blue October. And I'm pretty excited to be talking about this album today. Uh, as you know, in Nitwick tradition, we really have not talked to each other all that much about um, our thoughts. Actually, at all, really, on on the thoughts of this album. This one's a throwback for me. Um, in high school, I had a Zune because, yeah, I had a Zune. Zune was the Zune thing, was dude. Uh, Zune was I made, dope. I made fun of so many people for Zune only to retroactively realize that it was the superior platform. It was. Yeah, it's classic Microsoft. They came in late, tried... They honestly made probably a better product than what was available, but they were late. And so they didn't have the name. It eventually crumbled. Anyway, so Zune. Zune, they really actually pushed the whole uh, streaming service concept. They had a monthly service like what we know now, which was revolutionary at the time. I wasn't paying paying for it, but um, the Zune player itself would track your listens to certain artists. And all through high school, I was a big time Muse and Blue October fan. I was a gold listener of Blue October, which I can't tell you what that even means. But I was there a, are ranks. I there, was there a, was ranks a gold listener Whoa. right here. And I will say this: it wasn't easy to become a gold listener. Oh, yeah, it was not, dude. Competitive song listening sounds like the perfect hobby for me. I <laughs> know. <laughs> bring it back. Zune, come back. Where did you go? The only, problem, the only problem I see with that is the people who like have to hit that rank. So they like just play songs and repeat like while they're sleeping. Like, yeah. I feel like that's my yeah. strategy I would take. Yeah. See, but here's yeah. the thing. When Zune was around, it was a simpler time. It was a simpler time. <laughs> Only we hadn't oh. yet had Justin Bieber's Yummy debut when that would have actually become really obnoxious. <laughs> only only I knew that I was a gold Blue October listener. I was also a silver Muse listener. So, I mean, I clocked some time into this band. Yep. And, I mean, Blue October is a pretty sad band, especially in their you know the era that I was listening to specifically. Um, and so I'm not going to say too much. I will say... This album definitely comes from a dark place for the, the the leader of the band, Justin Furstenfeld. Him and his brother started Blue October together, and um, through the years, it's been pretty much the only thing that's been constant in his life. And so the band itself means a lot to him. And um, yeah, he wrote this album right in the middle of some hardcore uh, drug problems, mental breakdowns, and a divorce. It was pretty brutal for him. Simultaneously. Yep. So um, anyway, I, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this before you know I impart too much of my gold listener knowledge upon you. <laughs> I'm going to... Uh, you go up. first, Logan. Yeah, I'm going to open no, no, up no, to you guys first. No, Jake has to go. <laughs> no, no way, no way, no yeah. way. He's my brother. The, he, the he, thing is... I also go back with Blue October as well. So if I share first, I, I, I want to, I don't want to pollute the waters either. No, let's get the good stuff out of the way. The the positive up front, nope. so the artist that we send this to keeps listening, nope. and then we backhand them. <laughs> uh, no, Logan, let's hear it. I want to hear let's it. Let's have you go, Logan, and then I will build on you. Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, the initial listening experience to this album is very shocking because the only thing, the main thing to notice about these songs 
are the lyrics. So I want to get my praise out of the way first. Um, for the most part, the choruses, the actual notes that he's singing are very, very catchy. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the bops still ring in my head. I'll catch myself saying that. Oh my gosh, where's the one where he's just making fun of the girl's new boyfriend? Oh, the for flight. Like six minutes. Yeah, the yeah. flight. <laughs> that that one has been stuck in my head. Easily one of the catchiest songs I've heard about that topic. Um, his singing, I think, is a little post grungy for me at times. You talk about hating that whole Kurt Cobain died so every rock band had to sound like Nirvana thing. Uh, he has that at times, but for the most part, I find him a very, very compelling vocalist. Mm. The gravelness that he brings to his voice, the way he emphasizes certain words that he feels more passionate about. <laughs> so I, I will say, There's a few of those because, on this album. Because I was so focused on the tunes and the vocal performance, because it's so forward in the mix on this song, the first time I listened to this album, I was all about it. I was like, this is this is friggin' sick. He really brought his A game to it. He's talking about things that are are not common for artists to talk about in music. And uh, there are several reviews that I read where the writer pointed out that it's so much more common for people to do songs in the abstract rather than in the very tangible way that Justin Furstenfeld is doing. And so that attracts me because I like a lot of bedroom pop too that mentions people's individual life circumstances and what they do on a day-to-day and this type of stuff that they're going through first album great second album second listen i should say garbage like the magic of that first thing where it was just like tune after tune it was a it was a great time it was like power pop yeah second time through two days later i just got this immense feeling of like oh my god shut up oh yeah because Because when you're going through it the first time, you uh, your full attention is on the lyrics. So the second you pull yourself away and you realize like what this album sounds like emotionally, plus what it sounds like sonically, I don't think there's that much there. Uh, another thing is that this could easily be a solo project and I wouldn't care. Like, does his brother, the drummer, just sit there while he sings about wanting to beat his uh, <laughs> new ex-wife's new boyfriend well, yeah, and just be like, ha, 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 just hitting my, hitting my drums? Well, I definitely <laughs> think... How do, you, uh, how do you process that as a band member? Yeah, I, I actually have thought about that myself, actually. But I, I think... I think he was just trying to be there for him as a brother. You know what I mean? Like he, he understood yeah. that he couldn't really do a whole lot more than, you know, be, be there for him. And I think actually the entire band kind of struggled with touring this album, you know, cause I, I think it came out of a place that it, it obviously he's saying exactly what he feels exactly yeah. whether people want to hear it or not. And in retrospect, he's talked openly about that, how he's just like, Oh man, like how long can people just listen to me complain about life and before I just get myself put together, you know? And, and that, that's the thing that I think is really important to realize when this album came out, um, you know, it was one thing and now in retrospect to me anyway, and I think to fans of blue October, it's something a little bit different because he really actually conquered a lot of those demons and he's, he's on always talking about, uh, sobriety and he worked things out with his ex-wife he got remarried he has uh now twins with uh his new wife and blue 
his other daughter who he sings about in this album great relationship there like he's really come out of this whole thing and so he talks about this time like kind of exactly what you're saying just like man how long am i going to drag my fans through this so he acknowledges that too but i just think that the some of that songwriting is undeniable yeah that's that's actually where i was just about to go i was going to say here's the thing i've actually been listening to this album right since it came out in 2011 so I have years of, of listening to it. And so I don't really remember my first listening experience very well. Um, and so it's interesting to hear you say that Logan. And I get totally why you would say that. I think that lyrically this album is very much just screaming and, um, I yeah, get on it. Emotional level. Definitely. Ex- exactly. And so I get why you would feel that way. The first listen, however, what actually surprises me about what you said is, I actually, part of the reason that I'm so drawn to this album is the music of it, the music side of it. I feel like that there is actually so much musical talent and so much musical variety actually in, in this album. Like there's so many bridges and like the structures of the songs are so unique. Like I I feel like it actually creates a musical journey for me. It's not just about the lyrics. Yeah, I will say for me, the every track is longer than five minutes or most of them are gimmick. It wore thin the second time. But like I said, when I'm first going through this album, I think I was very impressed by those uh, tone shifts, the way that they morphed choruses into verses. It's all very fascinating the way that chains together and especially how he switches up his vocalization. However, I am going to disagree with you on the musicality of it, if only because I don't think there's anything that impressive about this level of overproduction in rock. And I'm not entirely sure that any of the band members had anything to do with that. Oh, except, except it, it feels like a producer well, made a rock album for a Okay. Singer. And that, Does that makes f- sense. It's fair enough. And Tim Palmer has worked with blue October since the beginning. I'm a nerd. Okay. I love production. <laughs> and so I follow producers and Tim Palmer is a pretty big producer. That said, Justin Furstenfeld now uh, I mean, these guys are from Texas. <laughs> Represent. <laughs> They're fishermen that makes too. A lot of sense. Um, and and they converted like a big old barn in their backyard into a studio. He started his own record label. He's been signing people. And Justin Furstenfeld produced the newest Blue October album. And the production is right there on par. So I I, mm. I actually think he was very involved with learning the 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 art of not just writing music but learning how to record it. He. Justin Furstenfeld, I follow him on social media, and he's he's a dude that whenever he recommends an artist, I actually go and check him check him out, and he's turned me on to quite a few bands that I really like. Like, um, he says that the first band he ever really connected with was uh, Peter Gabriel, and he likes Sun Kill Moon and Red House Painters. Like, that makes so much sense. They like Sun Kill Moon. Yeah, he, the writing styles are very similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and um, I don't know, like. Anybody who came out of the door liking Peter Gabriel, you know, I have respect. I love Peter Gabriel, too. Yeah. And I can hear that influence in the production side and the music side. I mean, clearly, I I hear you with the post-grunge thing, too, but you can tell that there's more of an artistic vision to this band than what they they put on initially, I think. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely artistic vision there. I also do think that... um I, I think at the time Justin Furstenfeld wasn't too worried, honestly, about. 
a lot of all of these artistic elements and yeah honestly this album was an escape for him like straight up and so i I feel like really what he was putting into this album was his emotions it wasn't really as much about the production or those sides of it damon Um, Damon, yeah i want to uh i i agree with aspects of both logan and jake i think so i i'll i've only given it one listen i have yet to give it a second listen but I, I do agree with Logan as, like, the first time, like, it really is pretty, like, I don't know, it's attention-demanding, I'd say. Like, I really like the production aspect of it as well. I thought the samples of, like, kind of, like, TV broadcasts and just random things as, like, interludes. Anytime an album is, like, built to be played, like, from first song to last song, I appreciate. Because then it's not just a bunch of songs thrown together. Like, I I like that it's more of, like, a story almost one thing i do think the problem is with uh like making a song really emotional and both like really catchy and like music musically like really well produced i guess because like i do think like the main riffs and like kind of the production does sound great but i feel like the problem with making a really emotional song that way is after a while it starts to lose that like initial like reality i guess like the initial i guess uh like point of the song so like for example with a song like chop suey by system of down like that song is supposed to be like this really deep thing about like suicide and stuff but like at this point after however many billion plays it's just that metal bop that everybody likes and i think i don't know i don't think having a song that's so like deep like because clearly you can tell that this the singer is like going through all this craziness and like he even like explicitly says like this album is about you or whatever in one of those songs like i i i didn't particularly pay attention to the song titles i just played it front to back that was it Mm -hmm. wrote some notes down and stuff so i don't remember the track names but i i think the problem with doing making it so emotional is like yeah that second listen like it's not going to be about the emotion anymore it's more just going to be out like the bops and like just kind of trying to enjoy it as songs. So that's an interesting, actually that's a really interesting perspective. Cause I have to say, I, I don't think I've, I haven't in my own little mind palace ever articulated it quite that way. But yeah, there's definitely something about this album where when you look at the track list again, you're kind of like, like, what do I listen to now? You know, there, there's a few, yeah, but but if you do turn it on and you go through the whole album, I think it does put you in a in a place, and I, I and I can return to that place actually. But definitely, you're not looking for songs with the yeah, album. Yeah, it's one of the albums where like there's a couple albums even in this day where it's like it's just weird for me to listen to it on shuffle. Like it just feels right when it's played front to back, and I feel like it's one of those albums. I agree. I I, I mean, I still like. And respect this album a lot like years later but i i do agree like i never hardly go and just like oh i want to press play on the flight yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. You, you, it's all in context you know you, you have well to- and i i also noticed that none of the tracks off this album are any of their hits on spotify or yeah. anything. yeah 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 no they, they they aren't um 
Logan, one thing I am curious your opinion on, though, because I actually yeah. think what they were pulling off with uh, some hip hop influence in like kind of a post grunge world. I think it's pretty cool. I know nobody else that has quite done it that way. And even even this band itself, like Blue October is not really returned to that hip hop edge that they have going through this album. I think it's pretty cool, especially in the context of how we we've talked about how hip hop is really, you know, an, a genre that's all about the struggle. And maybe that's why naturally this album found itself having that edge to it. Anyway, I what are your thoughts on that side of the album? In a in a sentence, it went over better than I would have thought. I dislike a lot of rap rock. Uh, I think it's very rarely pulled off well. Um, but definitely the fact that he brought real emotion and a real a real story to tell, a real narrative into his verse instead of just trying to be a generic rapper on top of a rock song, which is where I think a lot of rap rock goes really really wrong. Um, but I. It's interesting that you bring up that they never return to that sound because I think there's something about the emotional, messy breakup album that causes artists to to reach into these territories that they don't before. One thing that this album really reminded me of was Coheed and Cambria's uh, third album, which is a song that he wrote about his girlfriend after she broke up with him, who is now his wife. So Claudio Sanchez got in a room, wrote a whole bunch of angry songs about her and how she screwed him over. And now they're married and have a kid together like (laughs) this. But the thing the thing that differentiates, I know, and that's why he doesn't like playing songs from that album live on stage while she's there. I've seen I've been to the Coheed concert. She's literally on the side (laughs) of the stage. Um, But the the thing that differentiates this Blue October album for me from the Coheed album, when both of them represented sonic differences from their sound is that Claudio Sanchez was barely smart enough to just make it fictionalized. Claudio Sanchez made it about abstract people doing abstract things that could be related to his own life. And I think the trap that Justin Furstenfeld fell into, and and a big reason why this album can age poorly emotionally for him, uh, even if it doesn't for people like you and Aaron, who and there's plenty of anger to relate to in this album, is that it's too real. It's too close to the actual events. Like, there, there's real songwriting, there's Sun Kill Moon, but I don't know, man, you really pushed it with this one. Yeah, yeah, no, I, but I think, and I struggle with that because I hear you on that point, and don't get me wrong, it was apparently what I listened to all the time in high school. Not so much <laughs> at this point, but uh, I've just always loved this. His approach to songwriting you can tell a song that he wrote he brings so much emotion and the chords that he used i mean oh we got pop daddy on the line hold up hold hold that thought yo pop daddy yo sorry i don't know (laughs) that's my guy hey what's good man uh you know another another wednesday Hey, another Pop- Wednesday indeed, sir. <laughs> another, <laughs> another another Wednesday in quarantine. <laughs> Yo, days just blur together. Pablo, did you by chance uh, were you able to listen to any of this album this time? Um, I did. I I did enjoy it. Oh, let's hear it. Why Why did you enjoy it? What did you think? Uh, I don't know. Just something about it. I just enjoyed it. It sounded. 
it, it had a you know good beat to it and just calming. Oh, this was calming, calming. to you. Well, pa- Pablo, yeah. you're scaring Pablo. Did you I listen like to, to know it? What Pablo listens to it. Get excited. <laughs> I did for some reason. Yeah, blue October, right? I listened to it and it was. It was calming in its weird, unique way. You know, he, he's right, though. That that first track, which was the single, by the way, and that is more reflective of, of normal Blue October, the first song. Mm-hmm. Um, it is calm, but it's also terribly sad. Yeah. It is. In his own common way. <laughs> so, so, Pablo, like, what... I mean, where were your thoughts at when you were listening to it? Like, how far did you get into the album? Oh, how far? What track was it? I think it was like the sixth track. Okay. That's so you nice. made it like halfway then. That's substantial. Nice. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't know. Like, what, what else can you say about your experience listening to it? Because have you been listening to our conversation we've had so far? Kind of. <laughs> I well let let's let's bring another opinion I'm, to the I'm, table. I'm, I'm like multitasking right now. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said, that song is just you know has uh, how do I explain it? Does it? I can't say you know they have like an on their own original beat to it because. A lot of let's face it, a lot of bands do. But I don't know, just just to take the way they the, the way they went through it. Considering, you know, it is kind of sort of sad at the same time. Not that many people actually, you know, go down the route sad. Yeah, and no and I would say I mean, okay, in Pablo's defense, I do have to come come out here for a second. Let's be real, I mean a lot of modern um like sad boy rap. Let me guess. Is Logan saying something? No, no, he's, no, no. He's actually not. You haven't offended oh, I'm him. Surprised. Drake hasn't come up yet. The, the second <laughs> no. Drake comes up, this conversation will be over. Keep <laughs> I'm just my war- hand on the sword. I, I'm just, I'm just warning both parties that can't hear each other right now. <laughs> the second one of you talks about Drake, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn nah, it off. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'll leave him alone today. <laughs> Thank you. No, uh, um, um, uh, a lot of sad boy rap though. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's because they play, play it off all as apathy maybe, but a lot of the, the new stuff is, is really sad too, you know? Yeah. But I think the difference, I don't know. There's a huge difference here and I might just step on some toes with what I'm about to say. So. Dude, here, do here, it. Here we go. Please. But I'll be honest, dude. I've been, kind of been on a sad boy rap kick, and I've I've been going all over just experiencing a lot of this kind of for the first time, kind of not, but um, I've been on it for a few weeks now, and I like it, but honestly, at the root of a lot of what they sing about, a lot of what makes it, quote, sad, is like not very foundationally deep. It's like... Oh no, I don't want to deal with responsibility. Oh no, I don't want to get into a relationship that'll break my heart. Oh no. And like Justin Furstenfeld is dealing with hardcore addiction, divorce, mental breakdowns, bipolar episodes. Like, like this album comes out of a very real, real place. 
and a lot of this it's modern like, sad boy rap is just kind of surface level. Yeah. It sounds sad, but not, but to me, it's, yeah, it's like you say, you know, relationship with party. But it sounds like the dude at the same time, you know, you feel a little, you know, what's the what's the what's the word like? He's scared to just take that that step out. So it's like you feel empathy, empathy oh, yeah. for him at, at the same time. Yeah, no, I actually like that you bring that up, Pablo, because. I think that that's actually a, a, an interesting point of the album is there's time because Justin first of first and Feld does struggle with bipolar disorder. And so there's moments where he is just ripping into his ex-wife and everything going on there. And then there's also these moments where he's very sincerely expressing love for her, even in the circumstance and understanding and recognizing that he's a total mess, you know? And so, yeah, I think that that is, I hear you on that one, Pablo. I think that's really real and prevalent throughout the album. Mm-hmm. It is. And I don't know why is it that I'm only finding these albums through you guys. That's, that's what I find sad. <laughs> you if, find it if, you, if, if you would have never, you know, um, Monday's Paul right album of the week, I would have never even thought twice about him. Yeah. Hey, that's that's the Nitwick Dude. tradition. Dude, that's it's the tradition. It it's working. <laughs> Discover a lot of cool music through this show. I don't think I like it though, but it's working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Can't blame you. <laughs> well, uh, Pablo, I think we got to get to the next segment. I do think we've done this uh, album a pretty good job. Do you have any other remarks before we let you go? You can squeak in, you know, potentially one low blow to modern rap. But the fingers come the fing- the fingers coming down on that end call button right now. <laughs> the thing is, he's better than Drake. That's another question. <laughs> All right, see you, Pablo. Pablo, <laughs> see you, Pablo. We, we hung up. <laughs> that was it. Uh, oh man. Yeah, I, I mean. Can I beat a dead horse one more time? Yeah, yeah with sure. Something that you guys all have said. Of course. Even though I only gave this album two listens, I do agree with the empathy point. There and there's a little bit of unreliable narrator intrigue in there too. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Is. And he even acknowledges that. Yeah, but certainly, like this album isn't for anyone, for everyone, for anyone. Uh, but if you <laughs> or somebody you know has like gone through a divorce and is is the man in the divorce, like this album does kind of hit different. Because it really does speak to just kind of the silent position of men getting screwed over in divorces. Like, I don't want to get political here, but I'm saying that if this has happened to you or someone close to you, this album hits very different emotionally. Like, yeah. And that's that's what saved it partially emotionally for me is uh, being around somebody who was in that situation is like, yeah, it sucks. And we don't talk about it. I don't know why. Yeah. Mm. I feel like there's a different like appreciation. Like that's what I did appreciate about the album is like, you can tell he's actually got something to say. And like, like Jake was saying, like all these like new young people making music, like it's fine. But like, if they're really trying to get my sympathy, like that's another thing. Like anytime I go to smaller venues, like Kilby court and it's like some like 17 year old band and they're like, Oh man, getting in the friend zone sucks. And like sings that song about it. I'm like, yeah, like, I don't care. (laughs) Hold up. It does suck. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks, but it's not like this horrible, like life changing thing. But like, 
the thing about this album, it is this horrible, just like bone shattering, like atrocity that's happened to this guy. And like, you can really tell, like it's hitting him very hard. And then compared to like all these other, like, like obviously I think that doesn't affect the songwriting, but I think it like, it, I make it, I think it makes the songs more real, like more touching yeah. and like more. Something I like I about think, it too is, so. is, is like you were saying with the unreliable narrator business going on with it. Like you're not supposed to full on trust him and even believe what he's saying. And I almost feel like the place that he's coming from is like, almost don't believe me. You don't have to care, but I just need to say this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's an interesting album. Anyway. It's not really like sympathy. It's just like screaming into the void about yeah. all his problems. Yeah. And which is which yeah. is how music should be. <laughs> There's anyway, no yeah. question that Go give it a listen. It's an interesting experience. children of all colors. Oh. The hip-hop industry makes billions putting out stuff like this. Ah, yeah! Yo, real quick, real quick, before we move on, um, Chris Borg actually just dropped a comment about the album uh, right as we were uh, moving on. And I, I got to say this, though. He said, listening now, I agree that this album probably isn't for everyone, but it sounds like it was for the artist. Sometimes you got to just let it out, man. Irrational, maybe. Angry, so what? That's yeah. what he said. Well put. But on a major label. Go for it. Go for it. We need more With of it, your man. your brother on the drums. We need more of it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I think I agree with what Chris is saying, though. I do, for sure. Yeah. All right. Music news. Yeah. We got we to gotta hear okay. what's going on with the corona this All week. right. Music news. Um, Logan and I are going to tag team this time. I, I brought the first topic. Um, you already know. It's my boy, Oliver Tree. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay i think we brought it up last show he he quote announced his retirement um at the age of 26 and um he is still continuing a week later continuing down this rabbit hole he's already seen what effect it's having on the fans he's already seen his fans getting angry and he consists that he's done um, he also insists that Wikipedia says that he is a former songwriter <laughs> and a former scooter, professional scooter. <laughs> okay. He, um, I don't know though. Here's the thing. This is definitely a gimmick for sure. <laughs> for sure. It's oh. a gimmick, but fully confident about that. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty confident about this. Okay. Go to Atlantic's website. We got him. It's. It's a gimmick. Um, he's not done with music, but I have a theory. And my theory is he is done with Turbo, at least for a bit. I think that he might start doing music under a new persona. That's an interesting that would, thought. That would be an interesting move. I mean, not not that he couldn't adjust his personality to be more appropriate for the times as we've observed on the show. Uh, yeah, I'm rubbing that in, but uh, to just come back blatantly, like if he, if he comes back anytime this year, rebranded, I don't know. I think most fans are still going to take that as kind of a jerk move. 
Oh, I, I think at this point he's offended so many people that no matter what he does, it's a jerk move. But that's not going to stop him from using Snapchat filters and filming <laughs> that face of his. Dude, it is rude to the fans. I agree. It's freaking hilarious, though. I still love him. <laughs> I still appreciate that he's doing what he's doing. But yeah, this is a pretty low blow. He's a true goon. <laughs> a goon. <laughs> All right, Logan, what you got for us, man? Uh, I mean, like, uh, sorry, I, I've spent so much brain power on Oliver Tree over the past two weeks. <laughs> but if this is a stunt, it's working because I was really excited to never think about him again after that episode. <laughs> Dude, he's like number three trending on YouTube today. Yep. He literally got to number four trending. Is that with the let me down music video? Well, okay. Apparently there was a statement made, but I think it might be fake. It's too hard to tell, dude. There's like just as many trustworthy issues with Oliver Tree as there is with coronavirus. Oops. Don't mean to get political here. No, but (laughs) oops. No, but legit, like (laughs) you can't trust anything you hear about Oliver Tree, even if it comes from his mouth. But apparently he wrote let me down as an apology for not dropping the album. Um, but I mean, where's the album? <laughs> you know, like yeah. I don't. And uh, that was announced as the first track on said album from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's like always that degree of disappointment, and I felt this with Uzi when he retired after teasing an album for months. It's like, well, there's music out there, and uh, just master it at home. Like, just send it to, like, I hate to view somebody's career as cut and dry, but when you have that many people waiting for you, uh, and you're just obviously sitting on stuff that you could release, I I don't know, I like, I'm all for getting the basement and just grind for five years and come out with your magnum opus or whatever. That's cool and all, but the second you start teasing towards something, you're creating an expectation for me as a consumer, and so now it's no longer like, you know, Oliver Tree is just going to take some time and, and figure out how to approach this next album. It's like, dude, you're sitting on music. Yeah. You're literally sitting on, you're sitting on money that yeah. people would give you for yep. it. Here's what I'm going to say, man. The dude puts out bangers. <laughs> he puts out bangers. I'm <laughs> he, sorry. He does. Like him or hate him. He puts out bangers. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. know. I don't know who has the money. I don't care at this point. The, the dude puts out bangers. <laughs> And You're the is. reason the industry is broken, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but Oliver Tree still continues to maintain a very ironic level about it all, Logan. He really does. Did you know? I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but his whole thing that he was trying to get trending is hashtag Oliver Tree is over party. <laughs> did you hear about that? I mean, but like Portugal, the man did basically the same yeah, thing. It's... Artists self-deprecate all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny then. No, it's no, no, funny no, 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 no. But you guys know the, the... The Taylor Swift is over party thing, right? Yeah, Kanye West yeah, is yeah. over party yeah, thing, yeah. right? Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, but that happens every week on Twitter. Like, literally. It, yeah. Yeah, we already yeah. we already covered Reddit. Let's save Twitter for next week. <laughs> I love Twitter. I, I still don't hate that. Anyway, I hate Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Don't get me started. My, my music news was, once again, just another glorified victory lap for myself. Because American football and Anamanaguchi are holding a Minecraft music festival. Oh, Frick, yeah. Because Jake texted me about it. Literally, the Nitwicks come through clutch again. Here, Dude, here we are. This is legendary. Like, we should be there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I hope you don't have to pay. I just barely 
figured out how to do Minecraft again. Yeah, I, I still have my login, dude. Let's go to the show. Let's do it. I mean, like, this is perfect. I hate to say it, but uh, I was completely right. And this is a great idea. <laughs> you, you know what? You were completely right, dude. <laughs> and, I, and I'm glad. I'm glad that it's American football and Anamanaguchi. Uh, it's perfect. It's hilarious. You know, those, have, those are bands that are like just nerdy enough to be cool when they do it and not like really lame like Taylor Swift doing a Minecraft concert. There will be no that's yeah. just a grown fest. No Fortnite dance. You know, like yeah, there there are artists who could take this concept like Ugh. like Dead Mouse if he was doing a Minecraft concert. Yeah, it would be like it'd be Br- popping, dude. It would be like <laughs> Britney Spears using scratching. That's what it would be like. <laughs> Quickest way to kill vinyl. Quickest way to kill vinyl. Give it to Britney Spears forever. <laughs> uh. Oh, we're already. Yeah, I'm cutting that okay. off. Are you kidding me? We only got we you, got you, we got 15 minutes on the clock. Logan. You didn't have anything else, Logan? Are you did you? Yeah, man. Time's flying. Oh dang! We got bops to talk about right now. I was going to talk about Tom Morello's masterclass. Oh wait, give him a oh, second. Okay, yeah, actually, I'll, I'll, sacri- I'll sacrifice my wait, bop wait, for this. Wait, do you have do you have bad things to say? I hardly know what to say about it. Like, <laughs> let's hear it. All this time, Aaron's been posting uh, Instagram screenshots of Tom Morello's account, and all I can think is like, God, what a boomer! Like, <laughs> how is this guy a part of Rage? He doesn't. There's not a rage in this man's body. Whatever rage he had became a short sleeve button down t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> right, right along with Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, oh my God. I mean, like, maybe I'll save this for next time because. No, I'm no, no. Do f- no, you can't do no, that, dude. Us. Logan, I will literally sacrifice my yeah, bop yeah, for no. this. Forget bop of the week. <laughs> this is important. <laughs> no, okay. All right. I, I sent you the text messages, but I think. Some of them are worth reading out on air if I just uh, recall them real quick. Uh, in So when I illegally downloaded the Tom Morello Masterclass... We're on air, dog. We're on air. <laughs> Sorry. When I found a way to achieve some of the video... Anyway, it basically it deleted the whole introduction. So I was just thrown right into his guitar tone tutorial, which was amazing because Tom Morello needs no context to justify why he is the way he is. We should just hold him accountable for it. Yeah, well, the first, let's just start with him being concerned about guitar tone. His guitar says what on it? So, okay. Arm the homeless. Arm the homeless. Yeah, let's worry about uh, guitar tone right now. <laughs> Aaron, I, I kid you not. This is how it went. For the first 10 minutes, he tells you like, I had all the stuff stolen out of the back of my van. So I went down to the store and I bought the cheapest stuff I could find. And then I sat in the studio for eight hours and crafted my guitar tone. And I never worried about it again. And then 30 seconds later, he's like, here's the exact layout for my guitar tone. I tweaked it infinitely uh, until I was happy with the sound. Wait, 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 wait. So what's the deal here? Is it don't worry about your guitar tone or here are my exact settings? Good luck, people who want to be rage at age 40. No, 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 no. Here's, Here's what really happened. He's just like, yeah, I'll tell you what. This guitar is an absolute piece of crap. I got it at a, at a p- pawn shop for 80 bucks, took it to the studio, wrote number one hits. Then the camera cuts, and then they're like, uh, Tom, we're recording a master class. 
then and then they resume <laughs> and then and then the story kind of evolves i think that's what's happening like, well and, and it's so obvious like the whole institution of masterclass and why i think it's it's necessary to exist but is inherently flawed compared to normal teaching is that the people that get by a masterclass from tom morello don't want to see tom morello spout boomerisms like tone doesn't matter write what comes to your heart anybody can be a songwriter <laughs> they're there to literally just get his settings that's yeah, what a master class yeah. is for is to get their settings yeah yeah that's lame yeah he also uh says he carries around a guitar pedal that he never uses but in case he meets eddie van halen and they want to jam he will be able to nail the tone my goodness <laughs> imagine toting a guitar pedal for 20 years for that purpose <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm not sure if that makes him lame or based okay uh, I, I don't think tom morello can go any lower than he has look, in my eyes oh honestly. he can oh he for sure can i don't it know it can man. get worse i think if i saw tom Aaron, morello doing doing Fortnite dances i would be like you've already done worse uh no okay <laughs> this is going to be an unpopular opinion to end on but i just i have to say it okay i completely concur with what you guys are saying about modern tom morello Amen. It's cringy. But you know what? This dude still holds my favorite guitar work in history. Oh, yeah. No, I'm I, sorry. Yeah, that no, I'm with that. His work in Rage is genius. It is. It's it is. literally genius. It's just too bad how far it is. Where, where the years have taken him. It is. Now, now because Rage Against the Machine has got to get inducted into that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because, quote, bands like Rage don't make it. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, no, oh I, I, I agree. I agree. The modern, the modern Tom Morello. Oh my god! I still, it, if we don't get this Rage Against the Machine tour, I am always going to wonder why and how we got Zach De La Roca back out, uh, like agreeing to do it. it. It'll happen. They already said that they're going to honor. I really want to hear because he he does monologues and stuff during like he does asides and he he amps up the crowd yeah i want to hear what what's got him out trump i think it's trump well but then what's going to happen with the corona thing i i mean it'll be interesting yeah i don't don't know know. we shall see all right i shall continue to provide master class updates as i go through other ones dude please do and finish tom morello's oh no master class discussion sounds like a weekly segment of of great (laughs) magnitude and necessity (laughs) we're gonna run out of music ones in a few weeks then we can just go to natalie portman on acting i'm sure i can get Yeah. well here's the thing is how do you get natalie portman settings Oh, good point. <laughs> well, all you have to do if you want to be as good as Natalie Portman is religiously memorize her warm-up routines and exactly what she visualizes <laughs> in her head while doing a character. And you too will be as good as I don't like sand, it's coarse and rough and it gets everywhere. <laughs> all right, Jake, what did you bop this week? Okay. Um can't believe it, but I'm going I'm I'm going again, dude. Round 2 on the same artist. I've Still been listening to Garden this week, Ooh. and um, I'm gonna do. Um, ah, it's been hard because there's a lot of tracks, but you know what? I am gonna do it. The song "Stolen" by Garden um, is an awesome track. It's it's got this slowed down, angsty phrase that he has going. I mean, it's just the angstiest thing you've ever heard, and he slows it down. 
And then he starts singing on top of it with another phrase. And then he brings in this beat with some of the most controlled and clean lows I have ever heard. And this song is just, man, every time I hear it, it's just a vibe. So I don't know, man. I don't know how long this sad boy rap thing is going to stick with me, but it's still got me right now. <laughs> so I, I have to I give it to forever. There's a broad catalog, dude. You know what, Logan today, mm-hmm. organically searching through playlists and some algorithm searching organically. I ran into an Oliver Francis track today and I thought of you. Yeah. I mean, Dude, I don't care if you're into Oliver's narrative or not. Ah, yeah, is a pretty incredible track. Dude, that's the track that I ran into. That that's yeah, the one that came up. It's kind of the one that's putting food on the table for him. It has for three years. <laughs> it's a good track. It's a good track. Hey, I mean, I vibe with it. I don't necessarily sip syrup, but that track makes me feel like I am, <laughs> even though I won't. And Bless Oliver you. Francis doesn't either. Let's be clear. Dude, perfectly put, Logan. Oh, man. Perfectly put. <laughs> All right, uh, Logan, what have you been bopping? I have had a rare experience. Thanks to some nice rate your music diving Cheryl that Crow. I did. Hey, let's admit it. Cheryl Crow was a nice ad- addition to the playlist. It was week. not. I definitely, I'm trying to find a way to delete other people's songs off the playlist. <laughs> I can't believe that happened. And isn't oh, part of the dude, band. I regret absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but I had the rare opportunity to find a band that is texturally literally everything I'm looking for in a band. Cheryl like, Crow. It, no, well, yes, but no, uh, in that, like, none of the songs stick out terribly, so I'm just going to pick one of my favorites out there, but, like, it's so rare to find a band that seems to appeal to you on every aesthetic level possible, but I have found that band, and that means I have to listen to this album a hundred times until I get sick of it. Oh, dude. So, the song is called Futurist by Panda Rosa, and it's like... The best way I can describe it is like progressive organic vaporwave. Like, mm. it's just a huge nine-minute track about, I guess, a mountain in Australia, but also the industrialization that's happening on that mountain. It's it's tough to tell whether this thing is even anti-corporate. It just takes a <laughs> lot of cues from anti-corporate music. Huh. Sounds intriguing. I, Yo, I'm it- excited to share it. It's It's not much of a song per se, but like texturally, man. Nine minutes of beauty. Dang. You know, you got my you, interest. You have taken me on some, uh, yeah, voyages, audio voyages that I had never gone on before. And I, I actually have come to not only appreciate, but actually enjoy a portion of that for sure. You know, yeah. there, there's definitely yeah. something you've talked about it on the show before, but allowing music to not just be a song that's demanding your attention and, and, you're not even necessarily seeking entertainment from it so much as just allowing it to exist and, and be a new experience for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Music is more of an auditory experience. I mean, whatever gets you through the Japanese train vibrations, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Damon, Damon, what do you got? All right. So I'm actually back on a metal swing right now. Oh, dude. Yeah, I thought I was done too, but it's We're never kinda, done, Aaron. I guess it, just, it just goes in phases, bro. It, it does. It does. So it's not like I'm like voyaging on to new, like 
finding new bands. Like I listen like bands that I know of, but haven't ever. Like I listened to like Pantera and Iron Maiden this week. I'm not huge fans, but like at least I can now say that I've listened to them. But I have to like System of a Down is like my favorite metal band of all time, and so when I I sent the link to my favorite album of them to Jake, and then I was like, you know, it's been a while since I listened to this album, and then it's been on repeat this whole week, and I was like, man, like this album is just killer. It's it's toxicity. It's like their most popular one, like dude, most commercially, like it, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I was like, you know, it's been a while. Like it's that it's like that SpongeBob episode where he's like. Where like Squidward is trying to eat Cubby Patty, and then SpongeBob is like, you know, it's been like ten minutes since I've w- had one of these babies, and he like pops it in his mouth. Like that's how I thought, like going into this album again. Like I listened to it probably a couple months ago, but I'm gonna give it another spin. And one of like a song that just stood out this time, I guess, was this one called Deer Dance, and it's like just this really angry song about police brutality and like just like government workers pushing people around with like fully automatic weapons. Like it's a very angsty song, but it's just, it's just a great metal track. So yeah. Deer I, dance by system of a down. You had that moment, Damon, where, you know, you, you, you really thought you had it all figured out. You're like, yeah, I've arrived at this really cool plane <laughs> where I can just coast. And then, and then you remembered a place that you were before and then you question exactly. the, the place you're currently at, it was worth it or is worth it. You know what I mean? And you're like, yeah, no. was I cooler <laughs> before? I'm pretty sure I was cooler before. I don't know, dude. I, I, <laughs> I, like, I feel this, Damon. I actually think that this is hilarious. First off, great album, by the way. I, I will definitely send you more details about what I thought. But um, Sick. specifically metal, man. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Pretty much every metalhead I've ever met you you they'll go away for a minute but then you always come back to it so i, I think yeah. this is hilarious and it's not like i can just play like one song like it's like if i'm listening to metal like i'm listening to metal you know like <laughs> i can't just play a single and be i can't just play a single and be happy with it i'm like hey now i gotta listen to the rest of the album but like yep. now i have to listen to like like you just it's not it's it's not a sometimes food like i guess it is but like it's like something you have to like like go all out in and then just like take a break from, I guess. So, yep. It goes in yeah. phases. Legit. Um, exactly. This week. And just, just, I would say, you know, lately I've been bopping this song. It's, uh, H N Y B by Merck. Mm. And, uh, Merck turns out it's from New Zealand. And there's something that always resonates right with me in New Zealand. I, I can't explain it, but th- this track is just a, a a bit of a minimalist track. It's uh, pretty empty in a really cool way that I, I I kind of haven't really heard somebody be as indulgent in. And so anyway, it's a really cool track. Uh, he has an album I think that came out maybe a f- three years ago or something like that. It looks like this is a single potentially coming back, kind of like a. I think everybody's coming back with the coronavirus. I don't know this guy's history, but this is a new single, and I would go and give it a spin. It's it's pretty good. I I don't know. I enjoy it. So. Nice. I'll, I'm down. You're a sellout. That's it. You know, the case closed. Uh, 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 uh. 
sellout of the week. We got a uh, 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 seven more weeks of sell sellout. Oh, dude, get us there, please. And uh, Damon's up this week, so let's hear it. Yep. Uh, so, oh man, you guys were talking about an artist earlier. Yeah, the name slips to my mind, but it's basically like the same structure as like what I'm going to talk about. Like, so for me, one of my favorite bands of all time is the Smiths. Just their really great guitar work mixed with the melancholy vocals. Like it never gets old to me, but this is like something that's been happening over the last year, I guess of where, so like the Smiths obviously have like an album named meat is murder. Like all these songs are like <laughs> pro vegetarian, like anti university, like student debt, like pretty like political stuff for the time, especially like late eighties. But lately, man, Morrissey the singer, he so it was like one of the he like came out with an album last year, and one of the tracks actually featured Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day, which isn't why he's a sellout, but that song Whoa. wasn't good. <laughs> like, <laughs> but so anyway, he performed one of these songs from his new album on like Jimmy Fallon, or, like one of those Tonight shows. And on stage, he had this little button, uh, like for this campaign. And the campaign is like called like this. It's called for Britain, and it's this thing that Morrissey openly endorses. And it's basically just saying he wants Muslims to just not be in Great Britain at all. And he is just straight up a fascist at this point. And I'm like, man, like. You like he just completely changed. He completely just just became lame. I don't know. Like I have no respect <laughs> for Morrissey anymore. And like he he really did. It's just like man. Like you used to be cool, but now you're just like this old fascist man. And I don't know. I it, it hurt me. It hurt me seeing that he isn't what he used to be. I don't know. Destroy, can you listen to the Smiths now, or has it biased the whole experience? I, it's, it's tough. I don't know. Like every time, like I actually was listening to one of their songs in a hike tip and I was like, man, like this guy singing really wants Muslims just to be killed by, like, he's like, is, I like, think this is the most extreme sellout we've ever dealt with. It's a real, <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> it's too, yeah, weird. no, I'm serious. Like it's, it's not just like, Oh, he's trying to make money off of whatever it's like. No, he hates, uh, like, class of people and he hates like i guess immigration to great britain and it's like no like this is not something i can endorse at all the only like i guess it's a guilty pleasure but the only way i give it an excuse is because the guitarist johnny marr who i would argue is like like probably half of the appeal with this miss like it's probably half instruments half vocals that make them stand out to me and I'm, every time i'm listening like well at least the rest of the bands are is like are decent people like that's how i defend it is like <laughs> the rest of the band isn't fascist so i can still i can Damon's still doing, listen to it but damon's doing mental gymnastics to still listen to the smith if, if you pull <laughs> no it, it i can't listen to a smith song without that cut like crossing my mind and like man like i i i long for the days where i can just play a smith song and just listen to it without a second thought, you know, but yep. Morrissey, uh, it's, it's, dude, a true sellout. That's he went, he went Howard Dean style. This is more than a sellout. You guys, this is yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, like we've talked to about this to some degree on the show before, but 
especially when artists are young and they're into like the younger, more progressive politics, like it it's cool and it's normal for them to make songs like that because we expect that out of the music industry. But, you know, we all know plenty of boomers and Gen Xers that have opinions like Morrissey has, right? And and it makes sense that if he's been making politically charged music that now that his views have shift have have shifted. He's not necessarily going to make not politically charged music now. Uh, But it's so interesting to me that like whether or not you agree with this policies, which I am absolutely not endorsing at all. I'm saying that like there is a change in the way you view the world as you get older. And if people are expecting you to hold the same values the whole way, like you're going to lose them. And I, I mean, even JPEG Mafia has a song called I Cannot Wait Until Morrissey Dies. Like, so many people speak to Morrissey as this fallen idol, and I really think it's that just, like, the guy's used to making this type of music, but now his opinions are, they suck. What can yeah. you do? Yeah. Like, but, like, to piggyback on that, like, there's a difference between, like, so, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, say Zach De La Roca, like, he, he, he like, let's say he isn't like as politically charged as he used to be but that doesn't mean he's a fascist you know like the thing the dynamic with morrissey is like sure he no longer wants to sing about like vegetarianism or whatever but like he doesn't have to go all the way to fascism like that like that extra step is just really what breaks it for me because it's like you can like stop singing about like progressive ideas but like go like to completely like just run to the other side of the political spectrum is just like it's it's dumb like i i hate that i i can't think of a good word to like capture my feelings but like i i don't know he's hooked on that uh he's hooked on that uh attention drug he's got the oliver tree uh syndrome he doesn't he doesn't care it's not even he a fair comparison even Come still on. oliver tree is not a fascist okay <laughs> he doesn't care what it takes he just needs that <laughs> adrenaline yeah, yeah. I, maybe yeah, maybe once you hit a certain age the only way you'll get media is if you become a fascist so <laughs> that could be true dude that could, that could be true legitimately be true is essentially playful. We say we play the piano. Dude. Okay, the question the question this week. Why? And we don't have time for it. We is always have po- time for a it, philosophy. Is there a point when the only way that you can remain relevant is to become a fascist? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it's fascism or masterclass is what it seems that's <laughs> that is, that's partially true <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> I, I, there's I mean, a lot of truth there's a lot of truth it, but that really is the dichotomy isn't it it's either like you stay nicely tucked within the mainstream and the ways that things are going or you take a hard right maybe into something really scary and bad and get the attention from it and that puts more eyes on you or you just disappear. Like that's the dichotomy, the fascism or the master class. I I appreciate Jake always bringing us back to earth. You can always just stop. Yep. That's the responsible thing to do. Yep. (laughs) That is the responsible thing to do. All right. Uh, Netwicks. It's been a good, it's been a, it's been a good week. Wow. Really good week. Despite all that's been going on, we've had a good conversation here. I feel like, uh, when are we going to stop guys? When, 
you know, Pro- probably are, never. Are, are we gonna are we gonna find ourselves toe to toe with Conan? You know, you know what? Will yeah. we become fascists if we don't stop? <laughs> I'm just asking. This is, yeah. I, think, I think it's an important question <laughs> to have an answer to right now. You guys, when are we gonna? I, stop? When we feel like we've peaked, we do need to stop. <laughs> I have if a secondary we, answer. Let's hear it, when man. Aaron gets into a mixed martial arts staged fight with Conan. Then we will, and we lose. We lose gracefully, but we lose. That's when we'll stop the show. We'll say, Conan, we'll make you a one-time deal. Fight Aaron. And if you win, we will cancel the show. That's how we go down. And if he backs down, we have years of material to just pull on him. Yeah. No, we'll get to gloat for like two decades. (laughs) You guys remember that time Aaron totally beat Conan? <laughs> at MMA, we'll talk about it forever. Well, forever. I mean, at that point, Conan's only gonna get old. He's gonna be like sixty-year-old Conan at that point, and then like, here's, dude, here's the question: Is Conan gonna be a fascist, or is Conan gonna have a master's class when I face him at martial arts? <laughs> arts. <laughs> <laughs>